This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. Welcome back. This is Review of Mania with Rob and Zach. Yo. On this week's episode, we are talking about Mitsuhara Masawa. Yes, the standard bearer for future generations, as he was called at one point. Oh, wow. Well, we have picked three matches, which we'll go through. And uh, this is our Japanese wrestler spotlight. Yay. My favorite spotlight of the show. <laughs> All right. Well, take us through. Who who was Masawa? Why is he so important to wrestling? Uh, okay. So Mitsuharu Masawa was the kind of the third ace, uh, as you would, of All Japan Wrestling back in the late 80s and throughout the 90s. Um he started out wrestling in 1981 for All Japan Pro Wrestling, and he stayed there for nearly 20 years. And during that time, uh, he was a junior heavyweight, and then he became Tiger Mask 2 when New Japan sold the rights to Tiger Mask <clears throat> to All Japan. And then uh, he became the heavy, he became a heavyweight star in like 89 thereabouts right after he took off the tiger mask mask <laughs> and from and from there he kind of had a stranglehold on the main event scene um in terms of pro wrestling fandom like uh he, he's a big deal because um well Rob and I both are fans of Dave Meltzer, the wrestling observer. And uh, Dave Meltzer has given Misawa the most five-star matches out of anybody who has ever lived at 25 five-star matches. Yeah, I can see why. So Misawa was known for having all of these great matches. Uh, in, 19, in, in the year 2000, in the year 2000, as Conan O'Brien would say, uh, he left All Japan after having a fight with All Japan founder's the All Japan founder's wife Makoto Baba over who would control the company because Misawa was like I want to be president and Makoto Baba was like I don't want you to be president anymore he goes all right well that's fine but I'm leaving and then all but two Japanese wrestlers said we're going to follow Masawa, this new uh, project called Project Arc. And then Pro Wrestling Noah was founded shortly thereafter. Get it? Noah's Arc. He was uh, president of Pro Wrestling Noah from uh, its founding to the year 2009 when he died in the ring. So he died in 2009, and unfortunately, 
You can watch that match on YouTube today. Yeah, you can you can watch the match. He took this uh, Saito suplex and landed on his neck. The official cause of death, according to the Japanese public, is uh, he died of a heart attack. But um, if you look at the like medical reports and stuff like that, what really happened is he was internally decapitated. So basically, he hit the mat. Done. Yeah, basically, he hit the mat and his and his. Uh, and his um, spinal cord just severed from from his uh, back, and that was it. Wow. I had no idea. And, and you can kind of tell why, if you watch some of his matches, why that may have happened. Oh, God, I thought he broke his neck in one of them. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Misawa was a pioneer in the... Old Japan and now somewhat the New Japan style of match where you uh, hit people really hard and you drop them on their neck and their head a whole bunch. Um, yeah. So it was him, uh, Toshiaki Kawada, uh, Stan Hansen, and uh, uh, Steve Williams. Those were, and Terry Gordy too. Uh, those were the guys in All Japan who were really like doing a lot of that. And pr- uh, all of them, except for Stan Hansen and Toshiaki Kawada, are dead. So um, there, there is something to that. Although Steve Williams died of throat cancer, not because of uh, landing on his neck a whole bunch. So he's known for two, two moves, basically. He's kn- well, three moves. Uh, he's known for the elbow smash, or the rolling elbow, uh, done by many people. Most notably in the United States by um, another Japanese wrestler, um, Masato Tanaka in ECW. And uh, he's also known for the Tiger Driver. Uh, and can, can you explain the Tiger So can you, can, yeah, can you explain what the Tiger Driver is? Yeah. <laughs> basically, the, basically, I'm thinking yeah. of like people who, I, like me, I, I had to go Google and YouTube like Misawa finishers because like, the, I, I knew the announcers would go nuts for him. I'm like, what, 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 what do I expect? Yeah, sure. So the Tiger Driver, uh, the, the original Tiger Driver is basically a double underhook powerbomb. So you, you basically set the guy up for a pedigree and you lift him up. And instead of just uh, falling, on, falling to your knees and him falling face first, you flip him over and he lands on his back. And so Misawa also, um, by accident... Uh, did this move called the Tiger Driver 91, which is uh, another version of the Tiger Driver powerbomb, except he lands on his knees and... On your neck. And the person lands on their neck and shoulders. Originally, he did this move by accident. The original story I heard is he broke his arm in a match, and he still went for the Tiger Driver, but he couldn't lift the guy up all the way. And so he just landed on his knees... And the guy landed on his neck, and he was like, oh, well, the guy survived, so I'll continue doing that. <laughs> he survived. And it's always a ping uh, combination. Uh, the other move that he later became known for is called the Emerald Flosion or the Emerald Fusion. Yeah, so I wasn't along. sure what that was. So I... basically, basically, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a side slam where you start the guy on, his, on your shoulder, and then you... Fold them down, and you sit down, and he falls on his back. 
Ah, so that's what that. Okay, I did. I was right. I thought that was what it was. Now yeah. I know it's Emerald Fusion and Emerald Flosion. What's the difference? There's no difference. Nobody like I think Misawa meant to say Emerald Fusion, but it's like super Englishy, so he uh, said Emerald Flosion. And people were like, "That sounds cool." And it just yeah. Kind of stuck. The move has been made popular in the United States by indie guys, and John Cena does it on occasion. He also did another variation of the move called the Emerald Flosion Kai, which uh, starts off as a vertical suplex, and then he does the sit-down power slam. Oh, God. So that's what he did. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I just yeah. realized what he did. Oh, I- we'll get to it, but wow. Yeah. Wow. That's all I have to say is wow. So okay. He he innovated a whole bunch of a, a bunch of moves. The other thing he innovated was the uh, elbow suicida, which is when you dive through the through the ropes and then you hit somebody with your elbow. Um, that was made famous in the United States by Samoa Joe. Hmm. Um, but Misawa did it first. And as Tiger Mask, he was um, he also um, was very like flippy dippy, um, but that went away as he got heavier uh, in his later years. Masao is like a lot of people will consider him to be the best pro wrestler that has ever lived. In fact, I was listening to an interview uh, with Vader. I think it was on Cole Cabana's podcast, and he was talking about how he went to Japan 2002 and wrestled in Noah, and he said that Masao was the best wrestler that he had ever wrestled. And he could have been awesome, or even better, if he stopped smoking, worked out, and would actually like pay attention and not play video games in the back. Wow. Um, so, like, he didn't take care of his body towards the end there. Gotcha. So, yeah, smoking is never good. Yeah, no. Um, he had legendary matches with Kenta Kobashi and. Uh, Toshiaki Kawada, which uh, two of which were we watched one of each of those matches. Um, he also had a really good rivalry with this guy called Jun Akiyama, who is still wrestling today um, in all Japan and in Noah. So let's get into it because I mean I've got five pages of notes. This, so what I've been having a problem with when I when we do these Japanese shows, I can never know who is who. And I was like, finally, someone who wears something that I can be like. That's that's him. That's Masawa. His, his yeah, he always wore green. green. Yeah. Toshaki Kawada, the June 3rd, 1994. Is there any history or anything you want to talk about leading up um, to this at all? Well, well, while watching this match, they kept mentioning that uh, it was the champion uh, <clears throat> the champion carnival um, in the commentary. Yes. And so and so the champion carnival in all Japan is basically um, uh, a, a singles heavyweight tournament, very similar to the G1, but for all, but for all Japan. Gotcha. And so, at the end of the champion carnival, whoever wins gets the challenge for the triple crown championship. Gotcha. Uh, Kawada that year had won the uh, champions carnival, and he was challenging Masawa, who was the champion. There you go. All right. Uh, both men are covered in streamers when announced to the crowd. Uh, both men get cheers. When uh, the bell rings, the announcer goes crazy, and the crowd lost their shit, cheering, and a huge Masawa chant breaks out. Both men haven't even done anything except stare at each other at this point. Eventually, they lock up, and the crowd goes quiet. 
The lockup goes nowhere and it's backed off again. And they just stare at each other. The color comment. Oh, yeah, so this is. A, I want to know who this guy is. The color commentary sounds like the guy is underwater and he has a head cold. He oh, is, well. Who is the, this? That's Giant Baba. And Are you serious? Like the, yeah, the, and the reason he sounds like that is because he has agoramentally. So uh, anybody who has giantism, they all have this, like, vocal defect. Like, have you ever listened to Andre the Giant talk? Yeah. He has this w- weird vocal defect, and Giant Baba has that, too. Well, now I feel bad. Because <laughs> I just thought this guy was, like, at this first match, I thought he had a head cold. Because literally, I'll try to be like, Hey, guys, how's it going? Who's that guy? How you doing, Drew? It was like, that was him speaking Japanese. And you just, I'm thinking, I was like, how the fuck can anyone stand this? I understand this guy. And the, the lead announcer would be like, hi, hi. Yeah, I, well, he wasn't going like, to say anything because that's his boss. No, I like, get it now. <laughs> but I felt like I was just like, how the fuck did this guy get a commentary job? And then on top of it, he didn't seem to be adding much. He would just sporadically speak up, be like, well, they're on the both mat. Might as well say something. But the lead commentator did all the talking. Yeah, so it, it's Baba. That, that's who that was. Okay, well, now I feel awful. Guada uh, <laughs> tries for a kick and misses. Both men stare at each other. Uh, they both stare each other down. <clears throat> and then they lock up. Kawada. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, fixing my glasses. Kawada backs Masawa into the ape ropes and hits uh, knife edge chops, which are very loud. Uh, Masawa tries for a kick of his own, but moves out of the way and runs into a big boot. He then is taken down by a spin kick from Kawada. Kawada tries for a suplex, but reverses into a back suplex, which led the lead announcer loses his shit, and Kawada sells for a long time. As the ref checks on him. Yeah, Masawa was down on the mat there, and you could see uh, they they did a close-up, and his ear is bleeding like he had blown out his eardrum from one of the kicks. <laughs> um, it's, like, it's like, what the hell? Yeah. Uh, they lock up, and Kawada gets a long arm ringer, taking Masawa down on the mat uh, to his knees. Masawa then flips out of his... And whips uh, Kawada into the ropes and then hits a drop kick. Masawa tries for a suicide dive, but then flips under the ropes to stop himself, which I noticed became a it's kind of a trademark spot of his. Yeah, he started doing that as Tiger Mask. Uh, and then he hits a baseball slide and then follows up with a tope. Tope! They then brawl around the ringside and Kawada throws Masawa into the barricades. Uh, Kawada then comes back with kicks and then a submission move to take Masawa down. Kawada yeah, the, then... The, sub, oh, the submission move in, in uh, question is called the stretch plum. Ah. Um, and the stretch plum is used by uh, Chris Hero, a.k.a. Cassis Ono, uh, nowadays. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know what some of these moves were. Uh, Kawada then works over the back with a butt splash and then kicks to the back. I, I'm more likely I would type sent on. Essentially, it was a sent down to the back. Yep. He then <laughs> hits a boot to the face as Masawa tries to get up, taking him down again. Kawada then works over Masawa for quite some time with kicks, punches, and uh, chops to the chest. Uh, another thing I kind of noticed with these matches is uh, 
Masawa sure loves the cell. Yeah. Um, the one thing I will say is that, like, uh, Kawana did these chops to uh, Masawa's neck, I think, around, right around now. I also wonder he's doing really fast. Yeah, and it, like, looks so fake. It does. He's just, he's just like, ah. He's just like, it's like, I'm giving you a neck massage. I'm just yeah, rolling. Yeah, it was like, like a machine gun, like, chop. It's like, blah, 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 blah. But it's, like, and, so and fast it, where it's like, okay, A, you know he's not hitting him. But B, it looks so silly because it's just, like, really fast. And I think there's right, even, and like, then, memes. And then, he, and then, like, after the fourth one, he'd do a big one. Yes. For emphasis. Yes. So you got all the light ones, and then the fifth one is where he got you. Kawada gets an octopus sleeper on Masawa. Uh, Masawa then takes over with repeatedly kicking knee, uh, kicking the knee of, of Kawada, and then applies a single leg Boston crab. He then drags Kawada to the middle of the ring, and applies some more submissions to the left leg. He continues to, uh, with kicks to the knee to add uh, more pain to the leg. Masawa then throws Kawada. Into the ropes and does a flipping drop kick in midair. Uh, oh, sorry, he hits a uh, flipping drop kick that hits a nothing but air, and Kawada comes back with a big boot. He then hits uh, a big move on Masawa, which is completely knocked knocked out from. I don't know what that was supposed to be. I just know it's really impressive looking. Um, he kept on doing these like rolling capo kicks, which are like I usually. Uh, see when, like, Jujin Liger does them in the, in the corner mm-hmm. a lot, but, like, Kawada just does them, like, in the middle of the ring, and it looks cool. Okay. Um, he then hits a drop kick and a flying knee drop to a down Masawa. Kawada then uh, keeps picking up Masawa and taking him back down with a series of fast chops, and then the final one being the most devastating. Uh, he goes for uh, he a cover and only gets a two count after the chops. The crowd begins stomping their feet uh, and getting all ruckus. Karatis sets up for a powerbomb position, but instead kicks Masao in the face. He tries again, but Masao gets a double leg takedown. Masao tries for a spin kick, but it's caught, and then he follows up with another one with his free leg, and both men fall down. Masawa gets back to his feet again and gets a double arm chicken wing, but Kawada gets out. Kawada then tries for a, a Pele, but misses, and Masawa hits a drop kick. He then gets him up and hits the Tiger dri- uh, Driver out of nowhere for a two. The crowd is going unglued at this point. Uh, Masawa climbs to the top rope and hits a front splash for a near. For a near fall, Masawa then applies a sleeper hold to slow things down. Masawa climbs to the top rope and tries to a for a flying shoulder block, but Kawada hits a drop kick while in midair. Kawada sets up for a power bomb, but Masawa fights out. Kawada comes right back with punches, and then they start exchanging oh. uh, elbows. Kawada hits a big boot and a clothesline for good measure. Kawada then. Uh, with a back suplex on Masawa, and he doesn't go for the pin, but instead picks up Masawa and tries for a power bomb, and then hits it and gets a near fall. Oh yeah, no, the, that power bomb like it's an old school like folding like he he crumples him up. 
yeah, crumples him up. He basically does a jackknife powerbomb and then just like follows through with the cover. Yeah. Unlike when Kevin Nash does it because Kevin Nash is lazy. He just yes. picks him up and throws him down. I would think it'd be a lot safer doing it that way too. What, picking not, him up and th- no, or no. falling through. Yeah, following through, through because yeah, I would think control. so too. Quanta hits Insigiri to the back of the head of Masawa and then one to the face. Quanta then hits a release German suplex, which sends Masawa rolling out of the ring and onto the floor. Quanta then throws Masawa into the ring and sets up for another power bomb into a cover, but gets another. Oh, sorry. He sets up and then he hits it for. Uh, Basically hits the same power bomb, gets another near fall. Quadra tries for a third one, but Masawa falls, <clears throat> falls, and Kawada puts in a stretch, and Masawa gets the ropes. Uh, but the ref doesn't break it, and he falls into a sleeper into the middle of the ring. The ref checks on Masawa, and Kawada sinks in the sleeper further. The crowd is firmly behind Masawa, chanting his name. And urging him to escape the hold. It, it, it was interesting because I kept on hearing, like, whenever uh, Kawada wasn't in control, I would hear Kawada. And then whenever uh, Misawa wasn't in, wasn't in control, I would hear chants for Misawa. <laughs> they couldn't make up their mind. <laughs> no, I think they're just behind both people. Oh, yeah, definitely. Kawada goes for a pin and gets a two. Uh, <laughs> Misawa then gets back to his feet and hits a desperation punch to knock. Kawada down, and both men struggle to get back to their feet. Kawada is up first and hits a hits a kick to the midsection of Masawa. Masawa then comes back with a punch, knocking Kawada down. Masawa then hits a corkscrew lariat out of nowhere, and a released German suplex by Masawa. He then drags Kawada to the center of the ring and sets him up for a tiger suplex, and he hits it for a near fall. The announcer is about to have a heart attack yelling, Tiger Suplex! Yeah, uh, no, like, definitely during during the final, like, ten minutes or so, he's just, like, every move is just, like, power bomb, Tiger Suplex! Like, he's just, like, going crazy. Losing his shit. Uh, Kawada somehow comes back with a somersault kick to the head. I think that's what that, what, what, what did you call it? A capo uh, yeah, kick. A capo kick. But now both men are down, and the ref is checking on both of them, but not performing any kind of count. Kawada is able to get back to his feet first and hits another Kwapo kick. Masawa then rolls on the, to the floor, where he is surrounded by cameramen and ring boys. Masawa is struggling to make it back to his feet by the count of four. He eventually makes it back in, though. Both men exchange elbows, kicks, knife edge chops. And then finally, Masawa gets an upper hand with a rolling elbow to Kawada. He continues with repeatedly hitting elbow strikes to on Kawada. And then another discus elbow for good measure. Kawada tries for another rolling kick, but Masawa catches him and takes him down with a Tiger Driver 91 for the three count out of nowhere. Right after the yeah. match, the ring boys swarm the ring while the lead announcer screams, Masawa wins! Masawa wins! And the crowd chants Masawa's name. Still champion, Mitsuhara Masawa. After all the pomp, they shake hands. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting because I'm not... I'm speculating, but I don't think that um, Kawada and Masawa liked each other all that much because Kawada was one of the two people to stay in, New, in all Japan. But 
they can throw <laughs> one hell of a match against each other. So I struggled. I didn't realize this was a five-star match. And everyone looks at this match as, like, very, very, very highly. Yeah. To me, what made this match more fun was the energy from the crowd, the energy from the announcer. Like, now that I've seen three Masao matches, they're all kind of formulaic in a sense. But they each yeah. have their own positives. But... um like, for me, what made the match was the near falls. They didn't go crazy overboard with them like they do today. And they seemed to mean something. But just the energy from the crowd cheering and just going nuts is what made this so much fun. And when they would kick out, I got chills because it was like the crowd got even louder. Yeah, I mean, this is what happens when... Um, be- the 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 things that happen today, like if you watch a New Japan match, you're going to get a like a lot of the times, especially with like the big four of New Japan: Okada, Omega, Naito, Tanahashi. You're going to get reactions like that out of out of the crowd. When you're watching WWE all the time, uh, they will do these like really long matches with you know, 10 near falls and stuff like that. And the crowd doesn't pay attention. And that's because of the booking, I think in the WWE. But I also, I also just think that a lot of the guys are like overexposed because they have to be on raw and, Oh, they may show up on superstars and main event and whatever Mm -hmm. else. And, 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 and if they're a featured star on raw, so like they're like, Seth Rollins or Roman Reigns or Kevin Owens, you're going to see them at least two times in that three hours. Uh, And and I think that the crowd doesn't appreciate it as much. Whereas with, with this match um, to get to this match, Kawada had to win the champions carnival tournament. And then they went on tour for 16 days. And on the 16th day, Kawada had this match with Misawa. And so the crowd was ready to see this match. It had been built up enough. Enough time had gone by. They both really liked both of these guys, and they wanted to see the match. And I think that's part of the reason why, even now, you can watch this match and not have any of that context, and you can still go, oh, wow, this is a really special match, because the crowd... And yeah, the announcer does play a lot into it, because he's, he's like going crazy. Um, but yeah, I agree. What'd you, what'd you think of this match overall? I mean, uh, I mean, this is like, this isn't the first time I've seen this match, but, um, I, when I first saw it, I, I liked it a lot. And then, uh, when I, I was watching it this time, I, I still really liked it, but at the same time I was like, these guys are dropping them on their themselves on their heads a lot um so that was in the back of my mind um so there were parts of the match where i was like holy shit they need to they need to like calm down but for the most part i like the match yeah me too especially Mm -hmm. that final that final uh tiger driver where like kawada like basically lands on the top of his head yeah that, I did that like that, was, too, where it just kind of came out of nowhere, and it was done. Right. He was just like, 
I was like, oh, <laughs> um, but there was a there was a there was a bump in the next match that like uh, scared me even more. But we'll get to that. Oh man, uh, I would say the third match for me. All right, next match is Mitsawa versus Kenta Kobayashi, October thirty first, nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, so Kenta Kobashi um, is probably Misawa's second best rival after Kawada. They kind of switch depending on who you ask. Um, but Kobashi actually went to Noah with uh, Misawa, so they had more matches and stuff like that. Um, but Kobashi really didn't get. Like, he was. Um, he was celebrated, and he was like a big star in all Japan, but he really didn't get his due until he was in Noah, because um, I think he was like the fourth or fifth Noah champion, and he held the belt for over 700 days in in pro wrestling Noah, um, and then he, and then he I, I think he won the belt from Masawa, and then he lost it to Masawa. Gotcha. I think that's how it. I think that's how it goes. Um, but yeah, these two, like whenever they get into the ring with each other, you know, you're going to get a, a pretty good match. All right. Well, let's get into it. The challenge in this match is Masawa against Kobayashi. Now, is there a title on the line here? I, I couldn't tell. They didn't do the yes. Um, I, I believe it was the triple crown championship. Uh, Kobashi, I believe was champion at the time. Yeah. Cause I tried finding out and I, no one ever said like it was for a title. But the, the announcers kept saying, oh, Challenger Masawa, Challenger Masawa, champion, you know. Unless it, unless it was like, they gave him a trophy at the end of this Yeah, that's what I was kind of used to, like, maybe I'm under misunderstanding. So, so maybe this was the champion carnival? I'm not sure. But okay. I, I thought it was for the Triple Crown. Gotcha. Uh, okay, the bell rings, and a big Masawa chant brings out. Both men uh, feel each other out, and finally a... Uh, Chop and punch attack, and then a quick power slam by uh, Misawa, and then a shoulder block by Kobayashi. Uh, they and then they do a crisscross spot, but on the leapfrog portion, uh, Kobayashi turns it into a power slam for a quick pin attempt. I really, I'd never seen that before. Well, yeah, and like Kobayashi is um, huge for a Japanese man, like. Granted, like, yes, Japanese people come in all sizes and whatever, but he is, like, legit, like, 6'3 and, like, 270. Like, he's, like, he's huge. And so, like, he's one of the only people who could really, like, do that safely. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, I'd never seen it before. I was like, holy cow, that's awesome. Because it looks like, you know, the normal generic, you know, we see it all the time in the WWF as we've been reviewing WrestleMania. And finally they did something different. <clears throat> okay, one second. I have to let my dog out. Okay. Muffled voice commentator is back. I don't know how anyone can understand him. Is what I wrote. Now I know. <laughs> Kobayashi continues to work over the arm and uh, with another long arm ringer spot. He then follows up with a Russian leg sweep for a quick two. Kobayashi works, uh, continues working over the back and shoulders. Uh, by putting Masawa into a surfboard. Masawa uh, does a kapo kick to get out of it. 
But Masao, uh, Kobayashi quickly uh, takes back over with chops uh, to the, in the corner and then follows up with a running elbows and kicks to the gut. A very, very long delayed suplex. Uh, yeah, yes, which awesome. the announcer called a brain buster. Yes. Awesome. Because all because all vertical suplexes in Japan are brain busters. <laughs> yes, they can't just be suplexes. He then follows back up with a rear chin lock. So a lot of submissions early on. A punch and chop exchange takes a place and the crowd fires up. Kobayashi then starts hitting discus uh, elbows and knocks out Masawa. Kobayashi then sets Masawa on the third rope. Masawa fights him off, but punches him and Masawa hits a flying drop kick. And then a spin kick, uh, which I think again was a couple kick. Um, this is the first time Misawa has any real offense since the match started. Kobayashi tries to get back in it, but Misawa hits a baseball slide, sending Kobayashi into the guardrail with a loud clang. Sounded awesome. Uh, yes. Misawa then hits a twisting tope. Both men are down on the outside. And the ref doesn't really seem to even be bothering counting. Masawa throws Kobayashi into the ring and then climbs up to the top rope and hits a somersault dive kind of thing and gets a two count. What, what, what was yeah. that? Yeah, I think he was like, <clears throat> it was like doing like a senton bomb and like Kobayashi just got up and so he got hit. Yeah, because like he caught him in midair and just like, I'll just take a flat back bump. A twisting lariat for a two count. And then a senton splash for another two count. Masawa then applies a sleeper hold of his own. Elbow smashes by Masawa and Kobayashi. Uh, sorry, to Kobayashi. And then a ja- uh, a jawbreaker. So I, I don't know what this was. It was I, I called it a jawbreaker because it wasn't a stunner, but it looked like one. Essentially, Kobayashi picked up Masawa, but then let him go. And then Masawa came down into like a stunner. I know that's yeah. a move. I know that's something. I've seen it before, but Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure about that particular one. Maybe maybe it's just a maybe it was just like a, a jawbreaker or a, a stunner. Something. Um I mean around this time, uh Johnny Ace was over there doing cutters all the time, so maybe it was like a honor of him. Gotcha. Okay. Um Chops and Elzar are exchanges again. With Masawa getting the better of the exchange this time, the announcers think a brain buster uh, is coming as it's blocked by Kobayashi. But Masawa flips out and then hits a drop kick and tries for a dive, but flips over and does a flying shoulder tackle off the ring apron. Uh, Kobayashi hits kicks while Masawa is draped over the guardrail and then he drags him back. In and then drapes him on the apron over the second rope and hits like a famaster like move. Yeah, it was cool. Kobashi is like so like Kobashi like uh he is one of those people who will like just try things and if they work then he continues to do them. So like you'll see a lot of variation in his moveset, like if you watch more of his matches. Gotcha. <clears throat> Kobayashi then hits a back suplex and then another for a near fall the crowd comes alive after this Kobayashi applies a front face lock while the crowd starts chanting for Masawa 
Kobayashi then transitions transitions into a headlock spot himself. Masawa breaks out of the uh, hole, but Kobayashi hits a German beautiful suplex, and then he applies another sleeper hold. The arm go the arm goes down, but the ref never checks again. The crowd starts chanting Masawa again, wheeling him out of the move. A drop kick to the back, and then a chop by Kobayashi gets a three uh, a quick one count. Kobayashi tries for a power bomb, but Masawa flips around and hits a uh, it's like a Boston crab. But this is weird. He tries for a power bomb, but then like Masawa like flips underneath like he was gonna do a Boston crab. But Kobayashi holds on above the knees. Yeah, so that is like a, uh, it's called a torture crab. Oh. Yeah. Well, I didn't like it. It seemed kind of silly because, <laughs> well, first off, you got to hold this guy's, like, <laughs> you have, you have his to hold quads. His yeah. And Masao was like, oh, fuck, I'll just go over the ropes really easy. He just kind of crab walked over there. He's like, doot, doot, doot. okay, break the hold. I didn't understand it. Like, to me, it's just like the Boston Crab has more of a of a visual. Like, yeah, appeal. no, I, I agree. But because it's high angle, it's supposed like if you apply it correctly, which I don't think Kobashi was really doing. Okay. If you apply it, if you apply the torture crab correctly, it's like a higher angle Boston Crab, so it's supposed to look more painful. Gotcha. Because you're you're grabbing more of the leg instead yeah. of just at the knees. Gotcha. Um, Masawa tries for a reversal elbow off the second rope, but it's caught. Uh, and then runs the head of Kobayashi into the turnbuckle or something. And then he hits a running, a rolling elbow, but he can't follow up because he's too tired. Kobayashi uh, crawls to the uh, to the apron, but then is knocked off. Kobayashi then, or sorry, Masawa then hits a suicide dive on Kobayashi. Into the guardrail. Kobayashi is then thrown back in. And Misawa hits a diving elbow. Drop off the top rope. For a two count. Kobayashi is able to get out. Of a Tiger Driver attempt. With a backdrop. Another exchange. And Misawa hits a German suplex. But Kobayashi comes right back. With a jump shoulder attack. And then. Misawa comes. Back with a Tiger Driver. For a near fall. And the crowd is going nuts at this point and stomping their feet. Well, Masawa, nobody kicks out of two Tiger Drivers. I know. Well, this guy did. Kobashi, uh, yes. Because, you know, you have, to, you have to defend your title at all costs. Yep. Masao climbs to the top rope and hits a frog splash for a two. Masao then climbs the top rope again and hits a flying clothesline. And both men are down. The crowd then flips and starts a Kobayashi chant, willing him to his feet. Kobayashi then hits a chicken wing suplex and then slowly crawls over to Misawa, who is motionless in the middle of the ring, but climbs uh, to his feet uh, and then and then drags him to his feet for a powerbomb attempt, but he can't get him up. He finally does, and he hits a uh, turnbuckle powerbomb. And then a DDT, and then a full Nelson suplex for the one, two, near fall. Kobayashi tries 
with a delayed Falcon Arrow Suplex. Oh, sorry. He uh, tries for a Suplex but can't hit it. Masala tries for a Disc Punch, but Kobayashi comes back with the Lariat uh, with a delayed Falcon Arrow Suplex and another near fall uh, on Masala. To go back to um, your your call there of the delayed Falcon Arrow. Yeah. Um, so what uh, Kobashi did there was actually called an Orange Crush. Oh. Um, like Yes, exactly like the soda. Um, but basically, it's a vertical suplex powerbomb. Oh. And, uh, and it's, it's a move that uh, Sami Zayn used to do as El Generico. Gotcha. And Trevor Lee does now, if you watch Impact Wrestling. Uh, okay, well, there you go. Kobayashi hits uh, a leg drop, and then he climbs to the top rope and hits another flying leg drop for another near fall. He tries again and gets a uh, another two. Kobayashi tries for another short arm clothesline, but it's blocked. Uh, he then gets Masawa into a powerbomb position, but can't lift Masawa up. Finally, he does and tries for another buckle bomb, but Masawa turns into a Frankensteiner. Kobayashi is then run into the corner as Masawa rolls out of the ring floor. Rolls out of the ring onto the floor. Both men are on the apron, and Kobayashi tries for a German suplex on the apron, but it's blocked with elbows. He then hooks a double arm on Kobayashi and hits a double uh, arm suplex off the apron to the floor, and the ref is freaking out, checking on Kobayashi, opening his eyes, and young boys around him this ma- that move is fucking crazy yeah so masawa does tries to do a, a a tiger driver off of the apron and uh he he lands on the mats but he throws masawa off the way off the like so far that he doesn't land on the mat oh okay when he land i see i thought he hit the mat and then rolled because no, i know he, he was la- he, hit the, he hit the concrete oh i missed that because I was just like freaking out, I was marking out so hard, I was like, holy shit! Yeah, I know, he hit the, he was, he, like, I was, because this match is like an hour long, to, to give full disclosure to the uh, audience, I, I was like, alright, so I know that at some point they're going to do something to catch the audience's attention again. And so I was like, I was like doing something else, um, like half paying attention to the match. And then all of a sudden I see that and I'm like, Oh, and yeah. So that's why everybody's like checking on Kobashi because he just got thrown onto concrete. And this, <laughs> I was just like, I don't care. I landed, I landed on the soft stuff. Yeah. Kobayashi rolls into the ring as the ref reluctantly begins to count. Yeah. That's just so funny about this. Kobayashi takes the brunt of this and he's easily in the ring. Well, I think, like, he's, like, so messed up, he's just like, oh, God, I don't know where I am right now. Probably. So the ref reluctantly begins to count, but is doing a slow job of it. Kobayashi slowly runs, uh, roll, ro- I think I meant right, Masawa slowly rolls into the ring. Both men struggle and slowly get to their feet. This is where I love the match. Masawa is up first, and Kobayashi staggers to his feet. With a slow elbow and chop exchange occur, and Misawa hits a pair of super, uh, sorry, of uh, somersault, uh, basically couple kicks. Now I know the name of it. Uh, to the back of the head of Kobayashi, 
Masawa gets Kobayashi back to his feet and hooks the arms, but can't get Kobayashi up for the Tiger Driver. But on the third attempt, he hits the Tiger Driver 91 and rolls over on his rolls over Kobayashi for the bare minimum pin, basically just laying on top of him uh, back first. And Kobayashi is able to kick out at two and three quarters. And the crowd starts a huge Kobayashi chant. Yeah, and, and like the camera is slightly shaking because everybody's on their feet, like stomping up and down. Yes. It's like, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, so he, he, he does the Tiger Driver 91. Now, like, the Tiger Driver number 91 is, like, supposed it's to be, like, pin, yeah. his, kill, his kill move. But doesn't happen this time. No, well, he was so tired. Masawa then uh, runs at Kobayashi, and Masawa hits a lariat, but Kobayashi can't, can't cover as he's... Oh, hold on. Oh, God damn it! Sorry, I'm, I misread that. Miswrote it. Basically, Kobayashi goes to run at... Uh, Masawa goes to run at Masawa, uh, Kobayashi, and uh, Kobayashi hits a lariat, sending uh, Masawa to the, to the mat. Uh, and he can't... He can't cover him because he's so tired. But eventually, he he drags himself over to a down Masawa and just places a single hand, the absolute bare minimum of a pin. And Masawa kicks out at two. Uh, he then hits a rolling elbows by Masawa for a proper pin attempt and another near fall by Masawa. But Kobayashi... Uh, Will not stay down. Masawa then st- uh, stalks Kobayashi, who is tired and can barely get back to his feet. Masawa is behind Kobayashi, hooks both arms, and hits a tiger suplex, and then bridges, getting another near fall. But one- again, Kobayashi kicks out, a running elbow by Masawa, and another one for another near fall. And then this is a double elbow attack by Masawa. Kobayashi falls, and Masawa goes for the pin and gets a three count. And there's your winner. I was yeah, so confused by this finish. Yeah, so the the ro- the rolling or the uh, kaiten elbow, as the guy kept saying, because kaiten means spinning in, in Japanese. And if you watch Naruto, you would know that. I don't um, watch Naruto, so I don't know that. <laughs> um, so... Um, Basically, um, that is like his one of his signature finishers as well, and it comparatively to uh, the Tiger Driver, which is a power bomb, or the Tiger Driver ninety one, which is dropping your opponent on his fucking head, or uh, the Emerald Flosion, which is you know an impressive power move. It doesn't look cool, so like I could definitely see why people are like you would be confused by, well, it was just an elbow. But no, it's not just an elbow. It's Masawa's elbow. Masawa's elbow is like a knockout move. Gotcha. Well, I mean, he hit so many of them in the match, so... Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's the other thing. Um, if you ever watch... Uh, if you ever watch Chris Hero extensively, Chris Hero is very clearly um, a fan of 1990s All Japan wrestling. 
And so, like, he does a lot of these elbow strikes, too. And he throws so many in the match where, and it's like, okay, well, why is the one to the back of the head going to be the one that's going to finish him off when you did, like, four to the forehead, you know, that sort of thing. Like, a lot of people have a similar problem with his matches. So I I get it. Gotcha. Because, I mean, you you went off a tiger suplex with a pin bridge, you know, a bridge into a pin. I think that should have been your finisher, but still... I loved the last part of this match where they played up that these guys were so beat up and so tired. And don't get me wrong. It was kind of weird that you're so tired, but yet you can hit these finisher moves and they kicked out. I mean, it was a little weird, but I still like the fact that like they didn't just go for the pain. It was, I have to struggle. I have to do the absolute bare minimum. Maybe if I just lay on my back on top, that'll be enough. Or maybe if I just get close enough with an arm's length to put a hand on my opponent, maybe he's so tired he'll stay down. And obviously, they were easy kickouts because there was no, you know, they weren't done properly, especially the, the Misawa pin attempt. Where, right, you know, yeah, definitely. I get that. The other th- the one thing that um, you may not have. Uh known because you you don't uh necessarily watch a, a ton of this is um at the at during the final part uh kobashi kept trying to get uh misawa into the argentine backbreaker position like the torture rack oh okay and the reason he was doing that is he was trying to hit the burning hammer ah i uh, thought he was just trying to go for like a chicken wing uh, suplex or or just some kind of you know, some kind of move from the back. Yeah, no, he, was, he kept on trying to get into the, um, he kept trying to get Misawa into the torture rack so he could do the burning hammer, which is his, like, nobody kicks out of the burning hammer. Nobody. He's only done the move eight times in his entire career. Nobody kicks out of the burning hammer. Gotcha. So that was the match. I really like this match. Um... I kind of felt like it went too long, though. Like, the early part, uh, Kobayashi got his stuff in, and then it's like Masawa took over, got his stuff in, and then that Kobayashi took back over again, and then Masawa again, and then they finally start getting into third gear, where they're like, okay, now we're going to start doing our big moves um, and doing these near falls. I, I felt like they could have pared it down by 10 minutes or something like that and kind of, you know what I mean? Like, it didn't feel like a match. It didn't just feel like, okay, it's your turn. Okay, now it's my turn. Okay, now it's your turn. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of get where you're coming from. It's very hard to do a match that lasts an entire hour that's not, like, centered around something. That's why, like, when, uh, like, that's why a lot of people don't do hour-long matches anymore. When they do, they like center it around like an Iron Man match where you can have pinfalls, and so you know that, you know, if somebody, so there's like breaks and things like that, and the the crowd can mentally reset. Yeah. Where this was like, have you ever watched like an old Ric Flair match, like one of those ones that went an hour? No. Okay, so. Like, if you watch Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat from 1989 or 1988, um, those matches, like, went an hour. And those matches were, like, great to 
a certain extent. It's just like these matches are great to a, this match was great to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. It, but it's just like I love these two guys. This match is too long. There, there needs to be some sort of mental break somewhere. Like uh, what I didn't like, like you said, like I didn't feel like there really was a storyline. Like I could see if they like worked over a body part or like, like even like the fact like maybe uh, Kobayashi is getting the better of Masawa, and every time Masawa tries to come back, uh. You know, he got blocked and put in the dangerous situations where he might lose. There was like none of this here. It was like, let's just go out there, get all our shit in, and then let's crank it up to 10, and then actually like make people like, we're gonna be so tired uh, by this point. You know, now it's a will of, you know, less who has the high, bigger heart. Yeah, and I think that's ultimately like what the story is that these guys are really like the warriors and they're the best mm-hmm. in the world. So we're going to put the two best in the world against each other and see what happens. Fair enough. Cause I mean, like I really felt like by the end where they were selling, I mean, they were probably legitimately tired too. They were both sweating buckets. I really felt like it could have been anybody like, okay, Masao came back with those elbows and he got the fluke win, but it could have easily been like, Kobayashi coming back with something and him getting the win. Yeah, like he hit the Kentucky bomb or something. Um or, you know, one of his one of his uh various power bomb or uh moves and things like that. Like there was a lot like Kobay Kobashi uh has a lot of finishers that he only uses like on like on rare occasions, like he'll use the orange crush in one in one, or he'll uh, or he'll do uh, another power. Like he has like four different power bombs that he uses to finish matches, and you never know which one he's going to use. So like he like he has like a wide variety of moves, which is one of the reasons why I like him a lot. But uh, at the same time, like he didn't go for like hardly any of his, any of his finishers in this match, which was surprising also. Gotcha. All right, so let's get into our final match. Yes, this one takes place in Pro Wrestling Noah, which is the, like I said, the promotion that um, Misawa started after he had a fight with Giant Baba's wife. Um, so it's uh, now Michi Marufuji uh, versus Misawa for the GHC. GHC Heavyweight Championship. There you go. Upon being announced, both men are covered in streamers. The title of Mara Fuji is on the line. Um, the bell rings, and both men circle around, and they finally lock up. And then a quick crisscross spot with the fast arm drags, the, uh, uh, what do you call it, the drop toe holds. Uh, both men get up at the same time, the crowd cheers. And think of the things you would see uh, on like an RVD versus Jerry Lynn match in ECW. And I think it happens every now and then in WWE where they'll do the, all those crazy spots. I, I would think like Seth Rollins would do it. Yeah, the opening the opening spots were very similar to um, a lot of X Division matches in TNA um, <clears throat> from the mid-2000s. Like right around the same time. There you go. 
Uh, then exchange elbows to the head, and Mayafuji tries to get the better, but he can't, and eventually follows up with a running clothesline for a quick one count on Masawa. Marafuji then looks, locks in a long sleeper and then starts using his elbow to right across the face of Masawa and putting pressure on the bridge of the nose. Masawa then follows into a pin attempt for a quick two. Marafuji hits a dragon, supla, uh, sorry, dragon screw with Masawa's leg in the middle of the rope. He then uh, is on the ramp. He then drags Masawa to the corner and whips his leg into the post. And then another leg screw, a dragon, uh, another uh, leg screw into the post, and then a baseball slide into the leg while wrapped around the post. So put it put it bluntly, Masawa is working over the left leg of, or sorry, Marfuji is working over Masawa's left leg. Marfuji then continues with a leg submission, uh, but Masawa quickly grabs the ropes. Marfuji then has several kicks to the leg. An exchange of elbows, but Marafuji hits a standing dropkick to the knee of Masawa, and then a leg smash for good measure. He then wraps a leg around Masawa's, and then slams a knee into the mat several times. I, I, I'd never seen that before. Yeah, you know, I was thinking that Marafuji was like taking a uh, page out of Keiji Mudo's uh, uh, book from the last time we reviewed Japanese wrestlers because uh, he kept on like doing dragon leg whips and uh, kicking the leg and stuff like that. And that was very Keiji Mudo-esque. Yeah, very true. Uh, he then hits another submission and then an STF on, by Marafuji. Marafuji then places Masawa on the guardrail and then gives him a drop kick to the knee off the apron and then repeatedly kicks the leg into the guardrail. Marafuji then drags Masawa into the ring and locks on a heel hook to the left leg of Masawa. He then tries to uh, turn him over for a Texas Cloverleaf and finally does. I, I think it was actually a, a uh, scorpion deathlock. Oh. The, the sharpshooter. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's been a long time since I've seen either move. So. Masawa is able to crawl to the bottom rope. And to break the hold, a dragon screw to the left leg of Ma, uh, of Masawa. Marafuji then tries something, but reverses it into a monkey flip. It was pretty awesome. He like went running, and then like Masawa just kind of ducks under onto his back, and then like hits this huge monkey flip out of nowhere. Yeah, um, Marafuji kept on trying to go for the uh, Shiranui, which is uh, slice bread number two. Yes. Uh, throughout the match, and so yeah, I think that was probably what he's trying. I was, I'm thinking that's what he's trying to go for. Gotcha. Marafuji tried. Oh yeah, so the monkey flip. Uh, Masawa then hits a tiger bomb for a two, a rolling elbow by Masawa, and then a suicide dive uh, onto Marafuji to the outside. This is the first thing I was like, God damn it, what the fuck are you doing? Because this whole match so far. Masawa's left leg has been worked over and worked over and worked over. But then he fucking hits a running suicide dive. And I'm like, fuck off. He's Superman. Apparently. He's Japanese Superman. Yeah, apparently. With a cat face. Yes. I'm sorry. I, I would want to, I've been wanting to say that for about an hour where uh, Masawa looks like a cat. <laughs> 
Masawa then hits a cannonball senton off the apron on Tamara Fuji. Both um, men are on the apron. And Masawa tries for a tiger suplex off the apron. But Mara Fuji hits a super kick. But Masawa hooks it again and starts to hit the move. But Mara Fuji flips it into a suplex onto the floor. This move looked awesome. But I don't know if it was planned that way, and it looked very dangerous for both men. I I had to rewind yeah. this thing three times to fucking fully comprehend what I was look, looking at. Because yeah, so like uh, Masawa is going for the tiger driver, and then he uh, Marufuji lands, and then like does a backdrop sort of thing off of the apron and it looks like he just and he lands on the apron and Masawa lands on the floor and it looks like he just about killed him yeah I I had to stop it every moment I made my wife watch it I was like holy fuck it was crazy yeah um, so it's like what why why are you doing this um yeah but that but this isn't this isn't the only crazy spot in the match no Mar Fuji crawls into the ring, and Masawa is on the floor as the ref counts. He starts turning around 14 and gets back in at 16. I wish he would have drug it out a little more to at least 19 to sell it. Well, sure, but like he was on the floor for, he didn't move for 13 seconds. Yes. So, I mean, that's pretty, that's a lot of selling for Masawa. Um, to give a little context uh, to the match, uh, Marafuji at this point in his career has basically only been a junior heavyweight, and he won the heavyweight title. So, like, it's a big deal for him to be even holding the heavyweight title, let alone facing Masawa, who is like Catman, Japanese Superman. There you go. Uh, running elbows with Marafuji to Masawa in the corner. He then st- uh, hits a standing dropkick to the knee of Masawa and another running dropkick to the head for good measure. Masawa rolls out of the- onto the ramp. Marafuji then follows and hits a super kick on Masawa and then a reverse suplex by Masawa off the ramp onto the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was another... Yeah. Not yeah, safer so- looking, though. Yeah, so Marafuji does the sheer Nui and... Masawa just eats shit and like lands on the floor again. And I'm just like, at this point, it, this was 2006. Yes. So Masawa dies three years later at this point. So it's like, dude, you need to start taking better care of yourself and not be taking all these crazy bumps. But no. Uh, Masawa crawls back in the ring at 17, and Mara Fuji hits a uh, pinning powerbomb for a two. Mara Fuji then, with another super kick, uh, Masawa then hits a bridging German suplex on a ne- for a near fall. Masawa tries for a slam, but Mara Fuji gets behind and hits a released German suplex. He then tries for the sliced bread number two. But Masawa blocks it, and he hits a final cut out of the corner. Uh, the easiest way I could say, because I don't know what they call it in Japanese. So, um, go ahead. Yeah, no, the, that, uh, the final cut uh, it has always been one of my favorite moves. I loved when Goldust and also Big Joe did it. 
Yep. Uh, Marfuji he botches a run in the corner. Oh no, sorry, this is no. Sorry, he botches a run to the top rope, falling off. He had like too much momentum. He kind of did do like Kurt Angle did, where he kind of run up because um uh uh <coughs> excuse me, Masawa was sitting there like back facing him, and Mark Fuji was running up, and like he stops and he starts teetering, and then he just jumps off the top rope onto the floor. Um, <laughs> it was pretty funny, uh, because, you, you know, normally you don't see botches. Um, the funniest part, though, is Mario Fuji botches the run to the top rope, falling off, but Masawa bumps anyway. He just does a flat back bump off the middle rope. Uh, yeah, he, he's just like, uh, I'll take a nap. Yeah. Um, Mario Fuji then tries again, and both men are on the top rope. Mara Fuji hits a tiger suplex off the top rope for a near fall on Mara Fuji. Yeah. Um, but then he uh, lives to keep on fighting. Masawa climbs to the top rope, but Mara Fuji hits a super kick, and both men uh, again are on the top rope. And Mara Fuji hits a suplex backflipping thing that looked amazing. Uh, I, I, I have said it before, but they both did the backflip, but. Uh, you know, Mara Fuji's the one who's delivering the move. What what's mm-hmm. the name of that? Um I I think I think it's basically like a, a super like slice spread number two. I think that's what he was going for. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Uh um, yeah. Masawa then tries for an elbow, uh, but super kicked by Mara Fuji. Masawa then comes back with the Emerald Flosion, and I believe Oh, I said I'm, I think because I didn't know what it was called. Uh, comes back with the Emerald Fusion and gets a near fall. He then sets up for a Tiger Driver and hits it for another near fall. Masala then tries for some running offense, but every time Mara Fuji kick hits a super kick, he then tries for a sliced bread, but Masala stops it and then counters it into a super Emerald Fusion off the second rope for the win. Your new champion, Masawa. Yeah. So I like this. This match was uh, a little bit more contemporary than the other matches, and so it had more like um, storytelling. Yeah. I, out of all the matches, I, I agree with you. It had more storytelling. I just think that fuck Masawa needs to learn a goddamn sell. <laughs> I, like I think at this point, like Masawa is like, this is my damn promotion. I don't give a shit. I'm going to do what I want. Like I pay the I pay the bills. So if you don't like it, then move on. But yes, I oh, agree. Fuck didn't you, Masawa. No, but yeah. <laughs> um, I was also thinking while watching this, I'm like, I wonder if the young bucks were watching this, and they're like, oh fuck, the super kick. Yeah, we, uh, that's cool. Yeah, you know, uh, I think they had started by now. Um, well, actually, no. This the Young Bucks didn't start until like 2008, and and that was only Matt. Nick didn't start for another year. So um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. But I really liked the match. What did what did it get rated? Do you know? I don't. I don't know that. Um, but uh, Marafuji is now the ace of uh, Noah. So and he's actually been uh, going around and like 
entering different tournaments. Uh, he was in G in the G1 last year, and this year he was in so the yeah, Champions Carnival wrestling. in all Japan. Yeah, still wrestling. And uh, yeah, he's uh, he's he's now changed his offense more. He does this uh, knee strike called the uh, Ko'o, which translates to Tiger King, uh, right to. And it's like a bicycle knee. It's like super cool looking. It uh, doesn't have one, it looks like. Maybe Meltzer didn't see this match. I don't know. People on cage match are we're giving it nines, sixes, sevens, eights. So kind eights. of a mix between yeah. meh to pretty good. Yeah, so I'll tell you for what it is. I really enjoyed it. The crazy moves were unexpected because I kind of expected, like, okay, we went from 94 to 98 to 2006. I was under the impression, like we saw with the Tenaru, where the longer it got, you know, down the line, uh, you saw a different Tenaru. Here, though, man, I think it got more crazy. Yeah, you know, I, you know... We were thinking that uh, because the Tenru match we saw with Masawa was in 2005, and we were like, oh, well, Masawa was not in, a, in the best shape then. But this was a year later, and it was, it was like 100 times better. Well, you could tell by... I mean, I also put a lot of blame for that on Tenru. On, on Tenru, yeah. he was yeah. botching shit left and right in that match. That's true. But, but we were also like, Masawa wasn't like had also was botching things a lot in that match too. So yeah. we were like, what's going on here? Yeah. So I really, really enjoyed these matches. I found a new respect for Mitsuhara Masawa. Now I understand why. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. These are three great matches, but I understand why he is so well respected. I mean, I didn't know that he created all these moves. Um, you know, all that, all that stuff. Yep, move creator king. So, yeah. So, you've been picking, and I'm kind of surprising you with this. All right. Because you've been picking the last three Japanese superstars to review. The last two. Was it two? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah this yeah. is only our second one. So, do you have somebody for me? Well, it's technically our third, but yeah. Cool. I, well, it's our third? Wasn't it Tenaru, Keiji Muto, and now it's... Yeah, we didn't do the Keiji Muto one. We just oh. did one in Misawa. Oh, God. I, okay, I'm going senile. All right, never mind. I'll cut all that out. Um, <laughs> I'll probably forget to cut it out. So I'm kind of surprising you with this. You've picked the all last right. superstars to watch. I want to bring it a little newer. Okay. Because the G1 just finished up. Yep. I want to look at Tomohiro Ishii. Ooh, Ishii. All because right. everyone says he's good, but he hasn't really been that good. But then this year's G1, he was like, could have no bad matches. And to me, and this is me, not, I don't watch New Japan religiously. Hell, I barely watch it. I just listen to Dave Meltzer and... Uh, and other podcasts like Post Wrestling, where they all, you know, review the events and all that. But it seems like to me, Tomohiro Ishii seems to be kind of like the 
kind of stuck in the middle card where he's not favorably seen as like a top star, but he's always just kind of there. And I could be 100% wrong here. Maybe he was this badass young guy and now he's terrible because he's, you know, I don't know. Okay, so I I know a little bit about uh, Ishii. Uh, I've seen many of his matches. I think that that would be fine. We could do Tomohiro Ishii, um, and we'll see what I we, we'll see what we can find. Uh, do you want to do any of the G one matches, like the ones he did this year, or do you want kind of like a mix? Do a mix, but yeah, I would like to say find one of his G one matches for a. I'll let you, I'll leave it up to you. You're the one with the history and all this. Just give me three matches and we'll go through them. All right, sure, I can do that. We'll we'll watch uh, three Tomohiro Ishii matches. Um, yeah, no, he's a, he's a good choice. Because um, the the guys that we've been looking at have been like top guys, and uh, Tomohiro Ishii is definitely not a top guy. Um, however, I do want to say though that. Uh, he he's never been awful. I will I'll just say that. Is he the Dolph Ziggler of New Japan Pro Wrestling? Okay, minus the crazy gimmick changes. Just what I mean by Dolph Ziggler of New Japan, he's like you can't have like he's usually the you know the great he can pull good matches out of people. He's usually the the you know the the hard worker of the show. Um, I'll say he's more of the, um, well, I, I guess, I guess you could say he's the Dolph Ziggler of New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, but I, like, because it's very hard for me to think of like a, 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 a powerhouse guy who could always have good matches. Cause usually in, in the WWE, the powerhouse guys always have the shitty matches. They're just there because they're big. Uh, Samoa and, Joe. Uh, well, Samoa Joe has been world champion. That is in, true. In two different promotions, so I don't think that necessarily counts. Okay. Well, either way, I'm going to get schooled on Tomohiro Ishii. And check us out next. You'll find that out next month. As yes. This is a monthly series uh, between WrestleManias. Yeah. So uh, we would love your feedback. Tell us how we're doing on this. Well, let's know if you're learning anything, because as a fan who's only watched WWE and WCW growing up, I, this is a whole new world. This is all new to me. I didn't have access to tapes. I didn't know what, you know, ECW was a cool thing for me. You know, I remember seeing uh, ECW, I think it was Guilty as Charged, 98, from a tape my buddy at school gave me. I think it was the greatest thing. You know, because there was blood and titties. Yeah, well, more like there was Rob Van Dam, and you know, I didn't know who that guy was. Yeah, I know. Yeah, um, yeah. So write us an e- write us emails at uh, reviewmania podcast at gmail dot com, but don't give Rob shit for saying Kobayashi the entire time when the guy's name was Kobashi. Oh man, yeah, sorry. And it's okay. He didn't eat hot dogs. <laughs> He, he he could be said he could he could have very well been talking about Kenta Kobayashi, who later became Hideo Itami, but he wasn't. He was talking about Kenta Kobayashi. That's okay. <sighs> you know, I I really want to go back. There's so many of these I want to do. 
I mean, even I was just thinking just now, Vader, Stan Hansen, Kenta, hell, even Asuka when she was Kana. Um, yeah, I mean, we could be doing this for a while. Oh, man. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Hope yes, you enjoyed and the show. also check out the other shows on the Cosmo Potato Network. Cosmic Potato, not Cosmo. Yes, co- Cosmic Potato, <laughs> not the Cosmo Potato. <laughs> to teach you about sex tips. Uh, I guess. I don't know. Yes, check out uh, the other shows here on podcast. I mean, sorry, damn it, on CosmicPotato.com. Check out the other yeah. podcasts. Yeah, we may be on one of them soon enough. They've been talking to us about maybe doing that. There you go. I don't know anything about Star Trek, Lord of the Rings, anything. I'm, Maybe I'm, we could like have them make us watch Rocky Three because that has Hulk Hogan and Mr. T in it. There you go. There you go. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk to we'll talk to them about that. There you go. All right, everybody. Thanks again for listening. Bye bye.